0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. This week, you're going to hear Safia's story. Listen as she tells her story about losing her baby at 15 weeks. Safia's baby had a rare condition called Edward's Syndrome. During this episode, she will walk us through what it was like for her to hear those dreaded words. I'm sorry. We will talk about the impact this had on her and how she processed this. We also look at what could have been done to limit the trauma Safi experienced. So please join us.
1: So welcome to Love, Life and Loss. Um, the podcast with myself, Dawn Morton Young, and uh, Louisa Hendrickson. Um, this podcast, as you know, is all about um, the experiences of many women and families when it comes to uh, pregnancy, birth motherhood and particularly loss of children Um, and today we are joined by a special guest Safia who um, has come to really give us her story about what happened with her. Um, Safia has a a rare condition which caused added complications um, for her in her previous pregnancy and we'd just like to welcome you Safia and um, if you'd like to let us know, you know, what's happened with you, your story. Um, and yeah, just tell us all about it, really. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm not really
2: sure where to start, so maybe I'll give a little bit of an introduction to me and who I am. Yes. So my name is Safia. I am a mum. I have two children, an 18-year-old and a six-year-old. So I've got an 18-year-old daughter who's moved off and is at university now, doesn't live at home anymore, and a six-year-old son, Jacob. And um, and we'll maybe get like stuck into the kind of crook of it all. But I have had several pregnancies that have all ended for different reasons, as well as the two very beautiful children that I've got. And I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, thank you very much for coming. Um, I just wanted to the way we do this is I always ask somebody to tell us their story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if you want okay. to start from the beginning,
2: yeah, and tell us your story
0: that. and how you are, how you got here today.
2: Yeah, sure. So I had my first pregnancy, my first daughter, who's now 18, um, when I was very young. So I had my first daughter at 17. Um, Easy pregnancy, fine if there is such a thing. Had her, I think she was like two weeks late. Um, And yeah, that was really the start of motherhood for me. And obviously I was really young, I was 17, right? So as far as I know, I'm concerned, like I've just always been a mum. Don't know what it is to sleep in on a Saturday morning because this is all I've ever done. <laughs> um, I had a few pregnancies after that. Um, as I said, they all ended for different reasons. I then had my son, who is now six. So there was a twelve-year age gap between my daughter and my son. Um, and then I had a pregnancy after that that also ended. Um, and and that one, I guess, was the experience of that was a little bit different because that pregnancy ended much later than the other pregnancies. Um, So I was about 15 weeks when that ended. Um, And that baby had the rare syndrome that you referred to called Edwards, which I think is also known as trisomy 18. Somebody might want to fact check that, I might be wrong. (laughs) I'm I'm
0: not sure, it's Um, gone over my head
2: that (laughs) (laughs) But it's a chromosomal um, issue basically
0: um that's the one when is it your when you're 12 week scan and they do the tests to see yes. if you if you've got that condition as so well as the down syndrome so
2: they so they did the down syndrome um test on that day so yeah i went for my 12 week scan um and it was spotted straight away because um, the deformities that those babies has, have as a result of the Edwards syndrome a very obvious on a scan, even as early as that, although it can be missed for some people on the 12-week scan. Um, and it's an increased amount of fluid around the baby. So whatever it's meant to be, which is a really small amount, um, and you can normally see them on your 12-week scan, the, on my 12-week scan, the picture, the amount of fluid was really big. So that was a really weird experience because obviously I had no idea that that was going to happen and yeah. the sonographer straight away was like oh, I'm really sorry and I was like okay <laughs> for what <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on and um, Yeah, and then I was kind of like ushered into this side room as a result, and was a bit confused, and was really quickly being asked things like, "Do you still want the pictures?" And I was just like, "What do we need to like?" What am I going to say? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) kind of like I'm not sure what's going on. Yes, please, going to have the pictures. Like, why would I not have the pictures at this at this point? Okay,
0: Um, so you was you was taken to a room, and they didn't actually tell you why or what was going on.
2: No, I mean, vaguely remember the scenographer like being really apologetic. And there was a bit like of a scramble in the room. So there's the sonographer and then there's somebody else in the room with you, or with her rather. Um, They might have said something about the amount of fluid, but they're talking between themselves at this point. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't really know what was happening Now, So she was quite apologetic quite quickly. Um,
0: That must have been quite hard. Yeah, it
1: must have been a bit scary.
2: Yeah, I don't know that. I do remember feeling scared. I was just a bit like, what's going
1: on? Do you remember? Was the, the heartbeat there? Could you see? Because you know normally yeah. they you you can see when they're scanning you. Yeah, yeah. So when they were scanning you, from, from your observation, obviously you're not a medical person, but yeah. looking at the screen, did it look like, you know, everything was fine, the heart was beating, you know, all of that type of thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a heartbeat. So before that pregnancy, I'd had a number of early pregnancy losses. So I'd gone for um a six week internal scan for them to see if there was a heartbeat so that so i okay. so i've already had a reassurance scan or okay so you yeah. have
0: a to 12 week scan now like everybody else and expecting everything yeah. to be fine yeah, and exactly. yeah, yeah. okay so then what happened then when they take, took you into that room um a more senior midwife came in it was very obviously like a
2: room that you are taken into to receive it's <laughs> like there it was tissues on the table and it's a really small There were in enough spaces Is they're in hospitals and they often reuse or utilize spaces that may have otherwise been used for something else and it felt like that it felt like a room a bit like a cupboard I've got to be honest where they just like put a couple of chairs in and interestingly there was only a couple of chairs as well so me and my other half sat down and then this more senior midwife came in but she was stood up as well so like the whole any energy of it was a bit weird mm. uh, because she's like stood over you then so there's then this weird power dynamic that's happening where they've got way more information than I have because the medical professionals um and then she's in this space where she's delivering bad news so to speak um so it's quite odd so anyway so she came in she did explain at that point a little bit more about what was happening there's too much fluid around the baby they obviously can't speculate at that point a sonographer has spotted it not a doctor and um, then the senior midwife has had a look and come in to explain at that point what they understood to be happening which was too much fluid around the baby um, and then I had to have a referral to Luton so this was at Bedford Hospital and they don't have those kind of specialist services there so I got a referral to Luton luckily for me that referral was the next day
0: okay oh well, that's good yeah. yeah sometimes you have to wait So, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't have been nice having to wait for too long
2: Although, again, at that point, I didn't really understand what was going on. So nobody was saying lots more fluid means Mm. the the pregnancy. Do you know what I mean? So as far as... So I've been through lots of different things with pregnancy. And so at this point, I'm semi-taking it in my stride. So, yeah, there's an issue. Yes, there's a problem. But we're going to go off and see a specialist. We're going to go and see a doctor, a consultant that's going to give me more. So I didn't automatically assume, oh, this means the end of the pregnancy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't... it was bad news, but didn't mean to say you couldn't work with it.
2: Yeah. Like, I didn't know what, I didn't know what was happening.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> um, they didn't do a great job of explaining the possible not scenarios. Not really. And I
2: think that um, there's a, a, in fact, looking back on it, obviously at the time, I didn't have this level of understanding, but looking back at, on it, it felt like there was a tension for them between a level of assumption that they had based on their knowledge and experience but not wanting to necessarily share that with me straight away because it was better that I went and had this more um, detailed scan with the doctor, Mm -hmm. where then they'd be able to tell me for sure
0: what was
1: happening. So so it was kind of like, you know, like people that go to their GP and the GP might notice something and they think Mm -hmm. it's probably that. But because there is a definitive test, they won't say anything and I think that they're then in a bit of a weird space as well because it's kind of like they probably want to say I think it could be x thing yeah, yeah. but because of how serious it is they also don't want to say it if it's not certain so and and I think that the person on the receiving end of that can feel that if that makes sense so it can make it a little bit more anxious for you
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah I, yeah yeah so what happened then when you went to
0: Luton? So I went to Luton. I can't
2: remember what the department is called, but it's um, fetal abnormalities or something. It's a specialised department for, um, and but what, what what was better about that I have to say is that like you're not you're not with you're not like going to an early pregnancy unit. So you, it's it's for people that are experiencing difficulties in pregnancy. There. So the energy, the vibe was geared up for that, as opposed to being in a place where everybody else's experience is all right and positive, so to speak, and then people are having to adapt their behavior. This was for that. So I I did immediately feel that there was um, like a little bit more empathy, a bit more consideration for people's experiences because they were were seeing those people all the time. Mm. Um, That's good to hear yeah I, I, there was a difference there was so i do a lot of work around what it is to kind of be trauma-informed and um psychologically informed environments and trauma-informed design and things like that and so i'm always really critical of those very clinical spaces anyway and um, but straight away i was kind of sensitized to that so maybe more than other people maybe yeah. so immediately i was like this is a bit shit and this waiting room's like it's not conducive to a healing environment and I was feeling a bit like this is too clinical this is too So it wasn't looking after my um my uh, physical it was looking after my physical self not my emotional self yeah so yeah whilst they were better I don't think they were particularly good I think that those environments should be far better than they are to be honest so then um so then I was seen by a doctor, a consultant. And again, because they are somewhat like desensitized, they do this stuff every day, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I they, know that feeling. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> they they gave me a scan, there was loads of people in the room. Like I had to ask a couple of people to leave because of fact, I felt not that I don't didn't want students in the room, but that was that that added to the number it's
1: thing. almost like you're in a container or a or a zoo being observed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah in a
0: fishbowl, yeah. as they say. Yeah.
2: So I just said like what do you all do? Like, do you all need to be in here? Because is like, isn't you adding to my anxiety. You know what I better. Anyway, I kicked a few people out. This doctor was all right. Um obviously it's you've only, you only early on in your pregnancy, um, as far as a 40-week pregnancy goes. Um, and so to get a really detailed scan, it probably was like I had to like dig around in my stomach. So I'm already, I imagine my body because of my, my stress response is a bit like this anyway. So quite painful. And then they were suggesting that they did um an amniocentesis.
0: Okay, I don't know what that is.
2: So um a huge and I had one with my daughter interesting there um when my first pregnancy, a huge needle that goes into your stomach, from outside of your stomach, into the amniotic sac to and It
1: takes that. some of the fluid, doesn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's That's the test
1: awesome. that they do for Down syndrome and other abnormalities. So if they, especially if they think that your baby has a chance of having an abnormality, they will recommend an amniocentesis because it's the only way of really being able to find out what's wrong. You can also find out the sex of the baby that way as well from the cells. Yeah.
0: Was it painful? I didn't have it. Oh, you
1: didn't have it.
2: So, so he, so they recommended that. Obviously that was 24 hours after I'd had my scan. These guys weren't giving me any information. So of course I've gone home and researched it. So I said to him, From my research, it suggests to me that that is Edwards syndrome. And he said, I would assume that it's Edwards syndrome Um, and agreed with me. So I then said to him, because it is painful, that Mm. I'm so interested now, I'm thinking about it a little bit. I did have one with my daughter when when I was really young because the test came back to say that there was a higher chance of Downs, which is also a chromosomal thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: You have an extra chromosome with Downs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically I just said, like, that's a test that you guys have to do. It costs somebody money. And it costs me a lot of kind of emotional and physical pain. So is it worthwhile me doing
1: And there's a higher risk of miscarriage as well. So yeah, would yeah. that be the outcome that you would yeah, want yeah, in this yeah, situation? Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, basically at that point, he just said, no, there's no point because the referral take, four or five days and I don't know that this pregnancy is going to go that long <laughs> it was pretty oh wow I don't, know he, I don't know if he was like matching my energy because I was being really just like matter of fact and straightforward about it um that he was very matter of fact and straightforward about it
0: that doesn't sound very nice though I mean and also I just wanted yeah. to just say that um, it's so refreshing to hear that you actually you stood up for yourself that you mm. asked the people to leave and you said mm. no to the test mm. because so many mm. times when you're in those situations you just let the professional lead and mm. it's and you know you feel quite intimidated to say something so mm. well done for that mm.
2: yeah and like I'm fortunate because the work that I do means that I kind of understand the way that these systems operate in ways that maybe other people don't have that kind of level of insight or privilege do you know what I mean yeah yeah so yeah it was, yeah, it was an occasion where I listened to maybe the advice I would give somebody else, which I'm not always brilliant at.
0: So um, at, that point, at that point then, when he said that to you, like, how did you feel? How did you react? Um, I was taken
2: aback, but I felt a little bit more in control of, like, my decisions. Um. So I asked to speak to a midwife at that point. So I, basically I said, have like, you got any more information that you can give me? And he was like, no, my job's done. <laughs> so um, I asked to speak to a midwife, midwife. Sorry. So then I went into some other little side room, all these
1: mm-hmm.
2: side rooms, went into another little side room um, and spoke to a midwife and just said to her, like, I just want to have all the information that is possible like, so that I can think about what, So I can anticipate what the next few days will look and feel like. um, And also so that I can make decisions that I need to make. Um, So for anybody that maybe doesn't know about Edwards, as far as my memory serves me, it's not something that I've looked into loads since. But very, very rarely do those pregnancies go to term. And if the small percentage of a proportion of those pregnancies that do go to term, the babies do not live very long. Afterwards, like hours it, days, again, a very, very small proportion of those babies will live days. Um, but more often than not, if it's not caught at the 12-week, it'll be caught at the 20-week scan, and it's likely that that pregnancy doesn't go to term. But in any case, at this point, the heartbeat, the, so within that 24 hours of the first scan and him seeing me, the fluid had increased again. Mm. And the heartbeat was slowing. So that's what, and the the range of movement was far less than in the scan the day before. So that's how he was able to say the pregnancy won't even go the four or five days until you get seen from an uh, ultrasound
1: to That's like, sorry to interrupt you, but that's like the fact that if you hadn't had that 12 week scan, you might've just suffered baby loss and not had any clue about why it was because it just seems ironic to me that you know you had this scan at 12 weeks and then all of a sudden the next day the baby was doing worse than the day before and you were able to monitor it but sometimes you know if they hadn't booked your scan because you know sometimes they can book your 12 week either week you know you could go like 13 weeks you could go yeah so it might have been a really different story had you gone the following week
2: Not even just that so for me um having had um giving birth to two children and the kind of space that I was in my life around like health and stuff I was already planning to have that baby at home so under the community midwife and I was also in conversation with my partner about the least amount of medical intervention possible and I wasn't going to go for that scan actually at all because the way the way that we were going to have that pregnancy was as natural as possible yeah Hey, so no, so I was like, I know my budget. I, yeah, I had two full term pregnancies. Like I know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And f- and fate kind of intervened then, I suppose. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah. Actually, what happened was I panicked because a couple of days. So that was like on a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Um, and a couple of days before, I just told everybody because <laughs> so there's that w- weird added pressure that women have that you don't tell anybody until you're twelve weeks.
1: Twelve weeks, I, yeah.
2: Anything to do with you? I feel like at least anyway. That's about lessening the awkwardness for other people if you do have a miscarriage then you know I mean you have to have awkward conversations with people and I just told my grandma and people like that just a couple of days before because I thought I'm
0: going for this scan now yeah you thought you were yeah well you thought you was at that safe place and that's what it is hard and even I mean I'm against that rule I I mean I've always followed that rule and not told Mm -hmm. people but after losing Zion I don't I'm against that rule because I think even if things don't work out how you want them to you still need that support so if you don't Mm. tell people you're not going to get that support Mm. so Mm. so it works either side Mm. so um, Mm. in a way it may have been a blessing that you did tell people Mm. so then you you had that support Mm. and then you didn't have to have that conversation Mm. that afterwards I mean because when I had Zion uh, because of the pandemic and everything else I didn't actually get a chance to tell Mm. many people so then I had to then have that conversation Oh, by the way, I was pregnant yeah, and yeah, yeah. then i I lost yeah. my son. So mm-hmm. at least people knew then mm-hmm. and they could be a bit more sensitive around you. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Mm-hmm. So then the, so then what happened after that then? So
2: what to like add to the because I think that this is important part of the story. So this this was like to place it in the week from my and the kind of relaying of this story. I told everybody at the weekend, my daughter's nana died my daughter's nana died um on like the, the sunday that's why i was in manchester that's why i told everybody so my daughter happened to be in manchester um and her nana died her nana had lung cancer a very young woman 56 i think she was when she died um, so i have gone to be with my daughter but also to go to um her nana's and stuff and couple, obviously the house is full of people, right? Someone's died. So yeah. there was a couple of people that like offered me a drink and um, I said, oh, no, no, I'm pregnant. Um, and it was a nice thing in that moment to be able to... Yeah. People, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was a difficult time. Um, and then I left her to come back for this scan. And then all of that, all of that was going on in the background so she happened to be in Manchester so she was away from home which was helpful for her and for me um, because my son was quite young and um, so then whatever I've gone home or whatever and thought about this and they've told me to go home and wait to miss Cara I'm 15 weeks and that fucking scared the living daylights out mm.
0: I'm
2: yeah I'm going <laughs> no, no so after about a day or two days i went back to see if there was a heartbeat um still and there wasn't and i just thought i'm not i'm not fucking going home and waiting for this to have like the state of anxiety that i was mm. to just wait also scared about what that how
1: was, that was yeah. gonna go
2: yeah but also they were asking for them to take in what they were referring to as the pregnancy tissue um, to test so they said if you passed it at home which is their language not mine if you pass the pregnancy at home uh, catch it and bring it in oh and
1: god
2: test uh, the tissues to see what it is because um they thought it was edwards but they needed to be sure and also you need to know for future pregnancies don't you know, like what it is that has affected yeah. that favour. So I was just like, nah, I'm not doing that, man. And I, I got on the phone to Bedford and the consultant, by accident, I got to speak to a very, very brilliant consultant at Bedford um, and she offered to come in, referred to it as an abortion at that point oh. um, and was offering to give me the tablets, the, the, okay. the abortion tablets. Um, and i said yeah i'm not doing that either so either you invite me in and um on the nhs i'm given a dnc so mm-hmm. putting, when the pregnancy is removed you get to take the pregnant the baby off and do whatever test you want to do or i'm just going to pay for that at this point but there was no way that i was waiting and there was no way that i was putting tablets in my, it's in mouth. my
1: mouth to pop
2: yeah and it's like you take one and then 12 hours later you take another or something i don't know how those tablets work to be honest
0: I think, yeah, I think it is something like that. And, and, mm. it, and it can be quite painful as well, because you, so you still would have had the same situation where you'd have been at home mm-hmm. and, you know, you would have passed I'm the sure baby at home, them, as, as they, they say. say.
2: But that's at Bedford, and it was on the maternity. The maternity yeah.
1: oh, oh, no.
0: It yeah. It. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, and also, <laughs> you yeah, want- the only thing that that oh. was doing is to speed up what would have your body would have naturally done at some point. And is that that you wanted to avoid? Because who wants to do that? I often think about, you know, people I know that had late miscarriages and they've had to put them in labor and they've had to go through. And I always think I just don't, you know, having had four children myself going through labor each time at the end, you have a baby that you take home. And the thought of going through that process knowing whilst you're going through it that you're not going to have that child at the end Um, and I know for you Louisa you know that was you know part of your your situation but I don't know why they would be offering people that as a surely putting someone to sleep and you know yeah
2: my conclusion and I think it's a fair one is because it's cheaper it means I'm not taking up a bed those tablets are far cheaper than a general anesthetic or the stuff that are needed in that room and what is essentially a, an operation but I gave and part of the reason why I couldn't fucking just wait at home was because I had shit to do like as a and that's why I gave that context of my sorry swallow this is an after hours.
1: Don't worry. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll cut it out we'll beep it out <laughs> don't worry <laughs>
2: um The reason why I gave the context of my daughter's nano dying um, was because it places it in your life, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff. I had two kids, one of which was like in the throes of grief and just awfulness because her nano had died. The other one was quite young. I had a job like I didn't have the time I felt like like I needed to get back to my daughter or I needed to attend to my son at some point I needed to go back to work like I it felt it feels when you're in the throes of it like yeah come on let, let's crack on I it's, need to be moving through this because I've got to get on to the next thing
0: the the irony of what you're saying when I'm listening to you is that you're still being a mum you're putting your yeah. mm-hmm. kids first before yeah. you even though yeah. you're going through all of this mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. all you was concerned about was being there for your children and it's quite um it's very hard it's might be hard to listen to, but it's hard to understand sometimes as well, isn't it? That you can, as a parent, you can separate yourself, yeah, and yeah, you you, 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 can, like, yeah, yeah. In I that, that moment,
2: it doesn't serve you very well going forward, but in that moment, I'm able to be like that. That the one thing is happening in this part of my life, and then there are these other things happening yeah. in the other areas of my life that need immediate attention because the kids don't understand. Like obviously, my daughter Kiana, I wasn't telling. Like she was in Manchester yeah. you know, with a bit of a mm. situation. So they didn't have that added context as to why I wasn't available or making dinner or all of the other demands that are on you. Um, so, anyway, yeah, eventually, yes, yeah, it, it brought me in and I was able to have a DNC and a general anesthetic, which was best for that situation.